Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, Biodesign Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Good morning and welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao here along with Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant. It is a beautiful day here in Columbia. Ten minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock on this Tuesday morning with plenty of high school and college sports to get to on the show First and foremost, we will ask the same question we do every day. How is everybody doing? How was Monday night? I know you went to a ball game last night, Mo. What's been going on? I did go to a ball game last night, and it was, um, I wouldn't say eventful, but it was definitely interesting in that Columbia Central, which had played its first two games on the road, both the boys and girls, and won said games came home for their home opener at the Hardy Lloyd Gym last night and continued their winning ways on both ends with the girls defeating Centennial 56-43 and the guys winning 62-44 after trailing by Deuce at the half. So um, second second half comeback for the Lions after doing so over at Smyrna a week ago. And again, both of them Three and zero, the Lady Lions. Three and zero after going four and twenty-one last year. So, as John Lovett said on a league of their own, well then, this is better, isn't it? And indeed, it is. Um, you know, Josie Parks with a with a team high eighteen points, Janiah Riley with twelve, and Janice Bailey, the only senior on the team, scoring ten, and they were in control of that thing pretty much from the start. So, you know, nice to see Columbia Central's girls kind of resurging here. They had um, they have won fewer than 10 games each of the last five seasons. So to get off to this start really has to create some positivity around that program. And they play again tonight over at Marshall County, we'll get into the full schedule, um, which is also on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Mo, I'm curious, having seen them in person, what's the eye test like for the Lady Lions you know, compa- really, compared to the previous years? <laughs> really quick, really athletic. Um, and they're really executing. Um, Joshua Bug has instituted a system of positionless basketball and you know it it really seems to suit this team they they all are able to kind of play to their strengths to some degree and you know they've got some shooters they've got some drivers they've got some post players and you know this is a pretty tough district that they play in district 8 triple a we keep seeing how 
Coffee County is destroying everybody. But um, after I, that, it's pretty well equal. Exactly, and and I'm really expecting Columbia Central to be competitive with everybody else that they play in the league, which you know, let's call it what it is, would be an improvement over what we've seen the last little bit. So they're fun to watch. And that's not always been the case. That's that's encouraging. That's good. Yeah. Uh, how, how about the boys? Seeing seeing them. Boys, um, boys are always fun to watch. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> when I was at MTSU, we had a we had a point guard named James Johnson, and that was back in the mid '80s. And and the late Bruce Stewart would refer to him as Tragic Johnson as opposed <laughs> to Magic Johnson, because um. You knew it was going to hurt somebody. You just didn't know whether it was going to be the the other team or the Blue Raiders. Well, you know, there's a little of that with this Lions team. Sometimes they get to playing too fast. Sometimes they rely too much on the three ball. But when it's going down and they hit 11 of them last night, it, it, can, it can turn a game quick. And they were down 22-20 at the half, hit three threes in the first five minutes of the third quarter, and – pretty well took control of the contest it 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 appears buy-in is full on with coach campbell's uh style oh yeah i i I think the guys enjoy that style Mm -hmm. of play i think particularly from the from the three-point offensive standpoint because i'm not going to say there's not a bad shot in nick campbell's offense but what i will say is he's not going to give you a hard time he's not going to give you grief about taking a shot if that's a shot that you are capable of taking if that's your shot and you've proven that you know in practice in games if that's your shot take that shot and you know they're not all going to go in but I mean I think that there are certain people that you don't want taking that shot but you know if, if that's your shot take it and and that's got to be that's got to be freeing from a player's standpoint to know that if they miss a shot, they don't have to look over their shoulder and, and see somebody going to the scorer's table to come in for them, you know, that you are able. You don't want to make mistakes. I would say for most of these guys, you know, you're as hard on yourself as the coaches are. I mean, you 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 know when you miss a shot. Yeah, and, um, you know. The game is hard enough as it is without having to deal with that. I, I think he really does a good job of making his guys comfortable. And I think that for the most part, they pretty well respond to that. And, again, they're off to a 3-0 and start right now. Uh, they Trailing got, at the halftime last night. Yeah, yeah, they were down by, by a couple. And so, um, you know, they've got some firepower. And the thing is, they've got – I wouldn't say they've been senior heavy the last little bit, but you're seeing some new names in some expanded roles that you hadn't necessarily seen. (laughs) One of those new names is an old name, Roni Bailey, as somebody posted on my um, Twitter account. Does he still have eligibility? It's not that one, guys. It's um, I'm pretty sure it's his son, obviously. (laughs) But, um, you know. One of the links to the glory days of Columbia Central basketball when they were going to state tournaments and and going to state championship games and that kind of thing. But um, Bubba Perkins, the one thing I noticed is a lot of those kids have really grown. 
they all hit growth spurts. I don't know what they were fed during COVID, but they all look taller. Now, Bubba Perkins doesn't look any heavier, but he's certainly taller. I think um, I think Nick Campbell referred to him speaking with Barry Duke and Brandon Levere last night as six four and ninety five pounds, and I don't think he's <laughs> far. I don't think he's far off at all. But um, you know they they've got a good group, and again they're they're fun to watch as well, and they're going to be really competitive in in District Eight AAA play. Eleven three pointers last 11. night. Eleven. 42 second half points. They 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 warmed up, didn't they? <laughs> right, right. They got warm and it was over. Yeah, Omari Franklin, um Ronnie Bailey and Cam Johnson with three threes each in that win. And so again, they go to Marshall County tonight. That game was originally scheduled to be played at Central for whatever reason it's been flip-flopped. So they are going to Marshall County, and then Marshall County will come here later in the season. I don't have the entire schedule in front of me, but um, that's the plan. Also in action last night, the Summit girls defeated Harpeth for the second time this season. Yeah. Um, They get a 56-38 win. Ellie Colson had 25 for the Lady Spartans. The Eastern Illinois signee. Senior, too. Senior. And also, uh, Fayetteville knocked down 10 three-pointers but lost. Of course, they are shorthanded. They don't have everybody. Yeah, Uh, Their their football team is still playing, and we'll get to talk about them later this week as as we have both their play-by-play guy and their their color analyst – uh, Heath Jacks and Craig McGehee, 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 probably McGehee. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, both of those will be on, but they fall to Summertown 70 to 51. Credit them for playing though. For, yeah, with, with those it, kids. And I think if you're going to get them, you need to get them now. Yeah, they're they're going to be very good when when this thing rolls around. When they the get other their side. full complement of players, I think um, I think you're going to have to watch out for them. Burleson Brothers. Uh, they combined for 52, 32 from, Gavis, from Gavin, 16 from Grayson, and four from eighth grader Grant. Okay, I, I knew there was. A, boy? I knew there was an eighth grader in there. I wasn't sure which one he was. It's just a lot of Burlesons. <laughs> the Burlesons. A lot, Bur- lot of Burlesons. A lot of Campbells. Yeah, don't let anything <laughs> happen to the Burlesons or the Campbells in summertime. Oh man. Yeah. Take care of those folks. But yeah, so so that was all that was it for last night. Um this week uh tonight on the Hardwood, what have we got? We've got a afternoon matinee actually as the Summit Boys make their season debut against Smyrna as part of the Cougar Classic up at Centennial. Um, Those are my favorite. Centennial's boys will play twice. They'll play Laverne, Jeremy Moore's former team, at 12 noon, and they will play Wilson Central at 5 o'clock. But in between, Summit boys play Smyrna. So, and I That think, game can be heard. I think you guys have some plans. <laughs> yeah, we, you can hear JP on the call. I will be with him talking very briefly. At times on TriStarSportsRadio.com. Uh, don't sell yourself short. Online You've got a only. lot of words. Online <laughs> only. Yeah, but I try to keep yeah. them. Qui- I'll try to keep them as quiet as I can. He's uh, got the best words. I do. 
Yeah. They're they're the best, the biggest. Yeah. Uh, so so Summit Boys at Summit Boys against Smyrna at Centennial at two. You can hear it on TriStar Sports Radio.com. Radio. Right. Two o'clock tip. Um most of the rest of these matchups are double headers beginning at six, as we mentioned. Columbia Central goes to Marshall County. Richland hosts Houston County. Independence travels to Father Ryan in a region game. Middle Tennessee a district Christian game already. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a district game. Middle Tennessee Christian goes to Columbia Academy. Page goes to Summertown tonight. Um, Santa Fe will play at Grace Christian over in Leapers Fork. Um, I'll be there for that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving one and going to the other. Run through the Country Boy Restaurant if you get a chance while you're over there. Might play. have to. Yeah. And the Summit girls will not play Harpeth again, but they will play <laughs> Creekwood at the Creekwood Classic at 7 o'clock tonight. So, um, pretty full slate here. Um, 48 hours before Chris's favorite holiday. That's correct. All right. So, heavy slate of games tonight. Catch all of the... Um, the box scores and recaps on sm-tnsports.com. That's right. Chris, again, will be at that Summit Smyrna, Summit Smyrna Boys game. He will be at the Santa Fe Grace Christian doubleheader. I will be at that MTCSCA doubleheader. So we'll have coverage of all those games and hopefully box scores from the rest. Coaches, feel free to submit those to sports at sm-tnsports.com. Or shoot me a text. Trust me, if you're a coach in this area, you've got my cell number. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It has not. All right. When we come back, special guest this morning, the Vot. The Vot. Voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, joins us on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. On the other side of the break, stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Every play. Wow! And he spins off a tackle. Every hit. Boom! <laughs> and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. Every touchdown. And he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow! Touchdown, Destin Wade. The playoffs are on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You heard Mike Epley's 
calls from a couple of weeks ago against Columbia Central as the playoffs live here on WKOM 1017 FM. Summit Spartans, Henry County. Going to be a lot of fun on Friday night. Black Friday, playing playing a little football. That's what you want to be doing if you're a high school athlete this time of year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, you can hear that on WKOM 1017 FM. JP Plant will be live with you at... Are you going live at 5 on Friday? We, we will have uh, content at 5 that will uh, be... Content at 5. Uh, that call. will be content uh, congruent to the content later that evening. Yes. Gotcha. There will be a show Friday at 5. There will be a show Friday at 5. It we will, will be live at 6 for sure. All the way mm-hmm. until 11 and there are 12... 12. 12 teams left. 12 teams left in Division 1. No, Div- there's there's definitely more than 12. you got to have four. That's 24. Right. To that's get 24 to teams. There's 12 games. So. <laughs> there yes. are 12 games. 12, 12 games. Yeah. That, that's what I was I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait a minute. And that's you sucked not right. me in. I did. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah. 24 teams left. And we'll talk about just about all of them because that's what we got because to do. Because why not? Yeah. That being said... Friday night, huge football games again, high school football. Sunday afternoon, huge football game in Indianapolis. Probably the biggest game of the year to this point because of not getting any help from the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night, but also on Thursday night about two weeks ago, Mm. the Tennessee Titans dropped a tough one to the Indianapolis Colts. So this one's a must win just about for the Titans. And to talk about that game and Sunday's heart-stopping win up in Baltimore, we have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. Good morning and welcome in. Thanks for joining us, Mike. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Mike, um... You've done this for a long time. You are the only guy to sit in that seat, basically, um, as play-by-play announcer for the Tennessee Titans. In terms of comebacks, and I know this team has had a lot of them, where does Sunday's performance stack up? Well, it's a favorite because it was in Baltimore and it was against the Ravens, and you're in a situation where you've lost three of four, you're down 21 to 10, they have not lost a fourth quarter lead. And so you you understand what your challenge is 100%. You've got to find a way to come back against that defense. And almost miraculously, the Titans got the passing game going in the third and fourth quarter. It continued into overtime. And then to close it out with the Derrick Henry 29-yard run is an exciting cherry on top for uh, what was an important seventh win and, and I think an important confidence booster to this team to sort of get back to who they were a little bit as they try to play a lot better this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts than they did 12 days ago when they played poorly. Mike, is it as simple as Taylor Lewan in terms of the consistency of this offense? 
or lack no, thereof? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's more about while protection is a key, I, I think it's been more about receivers winning and finding ways to, to get open and to make plays for the quarterback. Uh, you know, the interception the other day was really caused by a, a missed blitz pickup by a running back, not by the offensive line. Mm-hmm. If McNichols picks up Patrick Queen, I don't think that's probably a pick. Um, so, you know, I, I think overall for our the function of our offense, you obviously need every part. And Ryan Tannehill is certainly not perfect. But I think when we saw the receivers start to win, when they defeated man-to-man coverage, when they made plays on the ball, when they made contested catches, that's when we started back up the hill after two and a half games of, of simply not doing it. Yeah, you know, that's been kind of one of the struggles that the Titans have had this year is they have they, they've started well and they finished well, but sometimes in the middle things just kind of get lost. Uh, same thing Sunday, score on the first drive, first time that the Ravens have allowed a any points on their on the opponent's first drive of the game. And from there it just seemed like I'm not sure ho hum, but it just felt like there was something missing. Was there, you know, were there some adjustments made to to get sure. to that point or yeah yeah i mean it's the punch counter punch of the nfl and it's funny if you watch high school and college they make adjustments mm-hmm. but in-game adjustments just aren't as big a factor with younger football players because there's only so much they can do mm-hmm. with veteran players with grown men there are a lot of adjustments that they can make. And we saw the Ravens adjust their defense, and then we saw the Titans make corrections and make their own adjustments to what the Ravens had sort of changed to, what they had done. And it was really impressive. It was really impressive what they were able to do and and how they were able to take it forward. And now we see if they can sort of keep doing that. But You know, when you watch the first drive of any NFL game, whether it's your team's offense or defense, it is a lot of times not a precursor to what the game is going to look like because those situations have been totally schemed. You've planned that the whole week. Once you show your cards to the other team, then they go do something different. And – the, the Ravens were in a situation where, with us being limited in terms of our personnel, they were able to make adjustments that were effective, and then we had to sort of come back and, and find an answer. Now, it took adjustments, but it also took a fight. Um, I would call that win on Sunday one of the more um, – remarkable is not the right word, but – one of the more unexpected based on where the Titans were injury-wise. And that's going to be a real story of this week is who gets back. Do they get Kenny Vaccaro back? Do they get Roger Saffold back? Do they, you know, do they get a Dory Jackson back? 
because this football team is battered and bruised, and they need some people to, to be able to come back and help this week with the Colts. And, and you say that, Mike, there's two guys that aren't going to get back. Um, Jayon Brown's got the dislocated elbow he's done for the year, and um, Ty Sambrello is is not going to be back. Is that correct? Well, we don't know. They haven't said for sure. Um, there are reports to that effect. But, you know, Mo, I think going into this week, you have to assume that. You know, I think that's what the, the assumption is going to be. And, and is our left tackle currently on our roster? Ooh. Do we, <laughs> do we start somebody on Sunday that is not on our roster at this moment? Can they do that with the COVID restrictions mm. and whatnot? Depends on they what could they're... if if someone is if someone came in and started the testing last night or at, at some point yesterday. Yes. Gotcha. That, now that there was... would not be a lot of practice. Um and it may be that we have to go through a week where we play somebody else there. You know, the the talk is obviously do you move Dennis Kelly? And the the answer to that, I think, is no, because Dennis Kelly did not fare great at left tackle last year, and he's doing a good job at right tackle. So if you're if you're comfortable with your right tackle, do you change two positions mm-hmm. and potentially mess up, you know, some of your continuity or do you just try to change one position and then maybe help whomever that is that's going to be the left tackle and I I don't know which way they go I don't have any idea and part of this year which has been so strange is we're not privy to any of that because we're not in the building with football people you know I might how about Aaron Brewer he did nice job wow he did Aaron Brewer, I think, is going to play for us um, in years to come. I don't know that he'll play a lot more this year. We'll see, you know, with the Saffold injury if he plays a lot more. But I, I think he's a ball player, and I, I think he's got a future for us as an interior offensive lineman because of his overall athleticism. I think we found one there. I think we found a football player who um, – is, is just going to be able to develop into that type of player that helps us for maybe multiple years to come. Very excited about what he was able to do. I think a lot of people thought you found a guy at the top of the draft last year. Mm-hmm. Where does Isaiah Wilson figure into all this? Well, he was active on Sunday, didn't play, um, I think the the feeling with him at this point, I mean, he may be the left tackle Sunday. I don't know that, Mo. You know, that's that's something we're going to have to watch for this week. He, The feeling on him scouting-wise is he's a right tackle. Mm. He's a right tackle or he's a guard. You know, he was not projected as much more of a left tackle. And, and truthfully, I think most of us felt this would be a red shirt for him anyway. Hmm based on the fact that he's very young, he had two more years at Georgia, and then uh, him going on the COVID list twice, him getting in trouble, him him just having some, some very inconsistent work 
for a while has limited him. Now, what I can tell you is he's gotten consistent work over the last three weeks. And so he he's beginning, it feels like, to sort of embrace the process and understand what he's got to do. If they have to play him now, they will be much more comfortable than they would have been three weeks ago. But my sense is that, and and we got the, again got this sense when they drafted him. They drafted him where they did because the feeling was had he come back to Georgia, they would have never gotten him at the 29th pick of the first round in the 2021 draft. He'd have been a top 15 pick. Hmm. It's because he is he is physically so gifted. He's got to grow up, <laughs> and he's got to learn a lot more of the NFL game. So. I'm not as surprised by the fact that he hasn't been inserted. And again, the, the, the easy talk right now is move Kelly to left and put him in it. Right. And it's not that simple because Mm -hmm. I believe in what I know about this football team is they don't want to move Kelly to left unless they feel like they just have to. And that may be the decision that they make this week, but I don't, think that's what they're going to want to do if they feel like they have a choice it makes sense i feel i'm like you i mean if if you're going to have a guy who didn't play great at left tackle play great you know try to play at that position it doesn't make a lot of sense when you can have a guy who's going to play at the same level as kelly at on the left side but you still have kelly on the right side playing well while weaken yourself at two spots right right that's it that, I that mean, it doesn't it. make sense. Why, why change the dynamic at that spot? If you're already potentially going to have to help the left tackle, which you may, then why would you want to put Kelly there and have to help him and then have somebody on the right side that you're not as sure about? Yeah. yeah. That I mean, facing a defensive line that features DeForest Buckner is a challenge under optimal circumstances. These definitely are not those. But as we continue our talk about the Titans offensive line with the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, um, Mike, there's been a lot of conjecture regarding the play after Ben Jones went out at center. Jamil Douglas comes in. Guard Jamil, uh, Jamil Douglas comes in at center. They run Wildcat with Derrick Henry. He snaps it over Derrick's head. You know, I don't I don't know how much you want to get into second guessing the coaching staff, but what are your thoughts regarding that play call under those circumstances? I watched all the practices last week. Jamil took every rep at center last week. So he had practiced all week. I don't know why in the world that they would not think he couldn't execute that snap, having seen him do it for four days. Ben Jones didn't practice a lick. Well, that makes sense then. That that right, so that changes the I, I dynamic mean, had, of that of that conversation. Had you brought in a guy that had not practiced, if if Ben had taken all the reps, and then you asked Jameel Douglas to do it, yeah, I get it, but. Because the because the guy had I mean maybe it would have been easier to snap it just to Tannehill and just but I, Jameel Douglas has played in this league he's played center for us again took took every rep last week as our starting center even though we felt like Ben Jones would play 
one of the reasons that they did not play Jamil at left guard and they played Aaron Brewer is they wanted Jamil to be ready to play center in case he had to. So, you know, we're talking about the, the two spots thing. It was the same. It was the same theory. If we can get good performance out of Brewer, let's leave him there all week. Mm-hmm. And I think that worked. And then let's have Jamil come in and, and play center. It was just a bad snap, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I mean, I get debating the play call, but I think had you seen practice all week, you wouldn't have thought anything about it. I didn't. (laughs) So there you go. Um, Well, I mean, it's just context and discussion can be two, two very different things. And I, listen, I understand, you know, and I, I probably would have asked the question myself had I not had the benefit of, of seeing all of those reps that he took, which, I'm, I get to stay at practice after everyone else has to leave because I'm a team employee. So I, you. I just happen to know that, and that 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 gives it a little different context for me. That's look, all. Look at you. And Aren't you special? And that's well, why, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's why we get uh, the the experts to come on the show and tell us what, what how dumb we are for thinking what we think. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, real quick stat from. Uh, from one of our station employees, Mike. Since 2000, teams that play each other within three weeks, the team that won first is seven and sixteen in the second game. That must bode well for our our Titans, huh? I like that. I'm going to steal that. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're very hey, welcome. And hey. I'm going to act like I came up with it <laughs> and demand, and I'm going to demand some sort of Maurice Patton type award for coming up with it. So I, I appreciate it and. As you listen, you will know I will be swiping it without uh, without uh, credit there. And that's okay. Like I used to do on my English term papers. We will know, though. And hey. that's all that matters, though. Do, we you will guys know. will know. That's do, right. Do me you a favor. You will know that I'm a thief. Trust but verify. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Without verification. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Voice of the Titans, That's Mike. a great stat. I, I hope it turns out to be true. Uh, I, I sure do think we'll play better. I mean, we stunk it up against them 12 mm. days ago, and that was not the type of performance we're used to giving. Listen, you can play great against these guys and still lose. The effort we gave on Sunday was us. Right. That was who we are. And when you play other NFL teams, they're still going to make plays. They're going to get the lead. You know, just because you go out and, and, and give a great effort, doesn't mean they're not going to score. Uh, doesn't mean Lamar Jackson's not going to be spectacular. I mean, that, that that happens. But how we played against Indianapolis, we did not give ourselves a chance to win that game. Not at all. And I think if we go out this week and play with the same sort of effort in terms of execution against Indianapolis, I think we've got a real shot. doesn't guarantee anything. But that, listen, that's all you can ask for. Give Just don't go out and give away 17 points in the kicking game and go home, pun intended, kicking yourself because <laughs> you you blew it. And that's how the Titans felt after the Indianapolis game. Right. Very few times in the NFL are there any guarantees, Mike. So Right. Yeah, that that's and that's the beauty of the game. That's the beauty of the league. That's why it's the uh that's why it's the greatest professional league in the world. Mike Keith. Well, it's so hard. I mean, it's just 
it's so hard because you go through a season and like we're seven and three and there's some moments where you go, nobody can beat our team. We're mm -hmm. the best. And then you go through moments where you say, we can't beat anybody. What's happened to us? And then <laughs> sometimes you, in the same game, that's what I was going to say well, that's it. <laughs> in the same three hours. I mean, it, is, it is so difficult to win a game against anybody in the NFL. Because when you saw us play the Bengals that mm -hmm. day, you would have been convinced the Bengals were the better team, just period. And it's because at the moment they caught us, it was a horrendous matchup for us. I was worried about that game all week because of what they were doing on offense and where our injuries were and how we were playing and how we were executing. It was a bad matchup. Now, if we had played them two weeks later, we might have beaten them by three touchdowns. You know, that that's that's the way the NFL is. And it's like, is that a disastrous loss? No, it's just a loss. You know, that's you you're gonna have some like that at some point unless in this case right now the Pittsburgh unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well. We'll see how they fare this weekend as well. They got a tough one too. It's going to be a, a really good week in the NFL. This is this is going to be a very telltale week in the National Football League, and we are going to talk more about it uh, throughout the rest of the week. It is Thanksgiving, so we get some unique games on on Thursday and then Sunday, of course. So really excited about it, Mike. Thanks so much for taking some time today and joining us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. We appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mike. All right, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Braves made a move this morning, uh, according to sources throughout Major League Baseball. I don't think the Braves no, have, have according the Braves to the Atlanta it. Braves have they announced it? <laughs> yeah. Who's your source? Literally us, the Braves. <laughs> I did, I hadn't seen the Braves uh, tweeted, yeah. but I did see several. I, I saw the Braves release on Braves letterhead. So unless somebody's got some. Hey, it's it's digital world out there. <laughs> Everybody's got a, the Braves letterhead at this point. All right, we'll come back and talk about that. We'll tell you who the Braves have signed to a one-year deal, deal on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao here, along with Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant. It is 
Nine minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour here on WKOM 1017 FM. We are having a good time this morning. That was a, that was a really fun segment with uh, Mike Keith and obviously learning some things about the Tennessee Titans that we did not know. I had never thought we would ever discuss offensive line play at any level for as long as we did in that segment. Yeah, Cole Kubik is, is not a, uh, a guest on this program enough to talk about the offensive lines. Um, that was, yeah, but you know th- that is kind of the Titans' biggest question right now. That and the defensive line. You know, between the two, the injuries on both sides of the the front seven is is a, is a problem. And you know that, and that's another thing that we talk. You know, we try to talk about is how impressive this team has been despite tons of injuries to mm-hmm. their best players, their left tackle, Jadavian Clowney. You know, nobody has been a hunt they haven't had a one hundred percent offensive or defensive line all year long. Probably not. Yeah. And yet here they sit, seven and three, number five in the, the 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 first seed in the playoffs outside of division leaders number five they and, are back in the playoffs by the way after being out yeah. before the game on sunday and and with a chance to take the division lead with a win at indianapolis on sunday which um this this stat is pretty that's, that's pretty enlightening and yeah, inspiring. Yeah, yeah, seven and sixteen. So, which means the team that lost its first game is sixteen and seven. That's correct. In the second, which is game. what the Titans are looking to improve, right? To seventeen and seven. And seven. Yeah. So, we'll um, we'll see. How, we'll, we will certainly be paying attention to how that goes. I will definitely be paying attention to how that goes. Of course. I'm I'm usually whether or not I'm standing, seated, <laughs> kneeling, whatever, in my living room. Uh, well, more importantly, we'll be paying attention for the um, the unsaid shout out to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today with that stat by Mike Keith on the broadcast. Yeah, we might have to actually mm-hmm. mute the TV <laughs> and turn up the radio to see where and when he drops that. Maybe we can. Mm-hmm. Um, Get a get some type of a tip as to when it's going to be, so we can be sure and be listening. <laughs> it's funny. We we'll have to play JP's game. JP likes to sync the oh, I do radio yeah. and TV audio. I, so. I don't have the patience for that. You gotta you gotta play it like a game. Seriously, you have to play it like a game. Paul's here. Paul's here. Play play and, <laughs> and and let me give you a little tip let me give you a little tip if you can there there are two ways that uh are easiest to sync up if you can get it when an official is talking mm. that's one mm-hmm. uh, that's the best one or two on a kick mm. especially a kickoff that's typically kickoff. what i do yeah is the way that i listen through i listen through um uh, an app that is way behind TV. I'm, I'm like two minutes behind. So I find the kickoff, the opening kickoff, pause and, it and on pause TV, it and wait, wait to hear Mike Keith, and you'll hear it. 
it has that, and you hit play on TV, and, and I'm typically good. I may have to adjust here or there, but, yeah. Well, I tell you. That's awesome. It's <laughs> a good plan. Oh, watching the game on Hulu and reading my Twitter feed at the same time is – enough not, it's not good yeah, yeah because it's, we're we're about what we're we're about a play and mm-hmm, a half behind mm-hmm. on hulu I really so, started to notice it during the braves playoffs but titans football has been yeah disturbing i have to watch the play then go to twitter watch the play then go to twitter because if i don't yeah and you then will I, hear about the play before you actually see it. Yeah, Twitter does not give you spoiler alerts. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you and, and when you see like when you go back to your app, it has the new tweets at the top. Don't click that. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't yeah. just let it go to the top of your, your timeline. You, That's you, a bad you idea. You can't sync up your Twitter line, Twitter feed, and and the football and game. the broadcast. No, no. Yeah, that no. doesn't work. Hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, big news coming out of Atlanta this morning. As the Atlanta Braves have made a move, they've made another pitching move, which is interesting to say the least. Um, Charlie Morton the third, yeah, <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays uh, pitcher has now signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves for was it fifteen mil? Mm-hmm. Fifteen million dollars for one year. And I'm just saying, as I was saying to you off air, um, Charlie Morton is a name that's been associated with the Braves in terms of acquisitions. It feels like since he was traded back in '09, when um when he was sent to the Pirates for Nate McLouth, and we all know how that trade went. But um, Nate McLouth, the gosh. The, Finally getting him back in a Braves uniform, I think there are people in the organization that are really pleased with that. Uh, He's pitched fairly well at Tampa Bay in particular, but basically everywhere he's been. um, Went to Pittsburgh in that trade. um, Has also pitched for the Phillies and in Houston before getting to Tampa Bay. And according to this release from the Braves, since 2017, Morton is 47-18, and with a 3-3-4 ERA in 97 games. That 47 wins are the sixth most in baseball and his 646 strikeouts over that span, ranked 10th in baseball. So, that ain't bad. Now, he's that, 37 years old, well, but I ain't worried about it. Last year, I think he went, what, 2-2? Two and 2-2 two? Mm-hmm. Two and two with, with a 4-7-4. 4-7-4. Four, four, four. Four, yeah, which but is that, not great, but, but he he got a win in the World Series. But that was in the in the East. I won't say the AL East. That was in the East. Yeah, I mean he was pitching against some of the best teams in baseball. Clearly, I mean he was pitching for one of the best, but he was also pitching against, you know, the Braves. I don't know if the Braves actually faced him. I don't remember seeing. I don't him. think he did. No, but. But he was pitching against some pretty potent lineups. Anthopolis said, quote, it was something we definitely wanted to address, talking about the rotation. These were two guys that were at the top of our list, Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley, and we're happy we were able to get both guys. It certainly is going to make for great radio fodder as the season approaches in March because what do you do with Bryce Wilson? You got a lot of arms. What do you do with Ian Anderson? Got a lot of arms. And what are you going to do? 
I will be excited to talk about it because I feel really good. Also, I'm hearing that Ozuna could be signed in in December by the Braves. Just saying. That, that, those are reports. We'll get to hear those games all next year on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM. That's it. Here in Columbia. When we come back, we'll talk um, some college football, maybe some high school football, all kinds of great stuff because we've got Charles Pulliam in the second hour, and it's Top 5 Tuesday, Top 5 Thanksgiving Sides. Give us your top five on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports or give us a text, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017. Phone lines are open. Give us a shout. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is the second hour of this Tuesday morning show. If you missed anything in the first hour, you're going to want to listen to the podcast. Mike Keith joined us, voice of the Titans, talking about a lot of offensive line play. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're going to want to hear that on Spotify, Apple, doesn't really matter, SM-TN Sports today. Search that and you can find us. Offensive line play, I mean, it's boring until it's bad. Then everybody wants to pay attention to it. You That's know? it. So, and it, was, it wasn't bad Saturday, Sunday. It was actually pretty good, which is why. We had to talk about it. Well, there were times, though, where, you know, Sambrello struggled a little bit at left tackle and, and Tannehill to took expected. some hits. Yeah, yeah. And and obviously the, the shotgun snap that Mike addressed. So, But now we know. Yeah, exactly. That's on him. That, that, that's, on, that, that's on Jamil, period. So, anyway. Well, it's, if it's, you want to know why it's on Jamil and you didn't hear it in the first hour, there you, go. you can listen to the podcast. Um, if you want to follow us throughout the week, it's going to be, um, at SM underscore T and sports on Twitter, Southern middle Tennessee sports on Facebook, SM underscore T and sports on Instagram. We will not be here Thursday. Just as an FYI, FYI. in case you were curious, hmm. we will not be here. What we, what we will have though is a show. It will be a best of show and we're excited about said show. Um, it, I guess the best way to put it is we're, we're going to go back through some of our, our favorite interviews 
you'll hear us talk uh, to uh, to Paul Lamb on Coach's Corner about realignment and reclassification. Joe Williams uh, to talk about the All American Four Hundred. Um, a wild and wacky Wednesday segment, the one where we found a snake. <laughs> where uh, we found a snake. Yeah, yeah, it's a homegrown wild and wacky. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> com- top five comedians. So that's a, that was always a good one. And we'll probably replay that Mike Keith segment and maybe uh, Teresa Phillips and the Atlanta Braves segment. That Teresa Phillips interview was from like our second show. So mm-hmm. it's probably not a great interview by us. Speak um, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I said probably. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure how good it is to have not listened to it. Well, since then. whether we were good or not, Teresa she Phillips was great. Was great. Yeah, that, yeah. We just, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, best of show. And of course, tomorrow we have Fayetteville Voice. Um, Fayetteville Radio Broadcast Team. Yes, I guess. the Fayetteville Radio Broadcast Team. We have. Um, we have Paul Derrick. Yes. From Nolansville to talk about his rematch was with Elizabethton in Friday's Class 4A state semifinals after the Knights went down and shocked Tullahoma and much of and the rest of the state. Much of the rest of the state. Yeah, 15-14 there. So um, we'll, we'll be visiting with Knights coach Paul Derrick and with the Fayetteville broadcast team of – Heath Jacks, Heath and Craig and McGa- Craig McGahey. Yes, yeah. yeah so. I think, um, and then Friday we have Tommy Pretty. We have from, Tommy Pretty from the Paris Post Intelligencer. He'll be on the show, and then we'll have Matt Rogers on the show, mm-hmm. who is part of the Summit Broadcast Team. Pretty much Friday's first hour will be us breaking down that Summit Henry County game as right. it gets to. Um, as it gets to the point where we are driving to Paris. Yeah, we may be on the road by then. or, or I will be on the road by then. You will be on from the road Montgomery. by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I will definitely be on the road to Paris, but I'll be coming Is this going to be a Montgomery to Paris? Montgomery to straight Paris. Straight Montgomery to Paris? Kind of. I, I don't think as there's any... As straight as you can do it. Yeah. But, but I mean, are you... So will you come will, up through Memphis no. and go that way, or are you going to go all the way up? I'm coming through to pick through Nashville uh, to okay. pick Mo up on through. 840 in Dixon. Okay. And the reason we're meeting in Dixon is so I can keep going on 40 and not have to come back mm-hmm. here to go back. Yeah. So yeah, because he lives in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's going to be a really good week. <laughs> and Mo doesn't. That's and right. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> if 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 there was ever a week to listen to this show, this has been the week. I mean, really, like it, it's been a really good up to this point. Absolutely. Well, I mean, um, we had Chip Walters to talk yeah. about an MTSU football victory Win? yesterday. Yeah. You know, we, we just it, had the Vot. And it let, any better than that. Allow me to brag on the two of you, oh. real quickly. Um, Shut his mic off. Cu- kudos for having enough shows to do a best of. <laughs> <laughs> that alone. Uh, but you guys also hit a milestone on your website, and you ought to be proud of of that. So we, don't, well, you don't have it's, to. Uh, it's relative. Yeah, it is but, relative, but it's very. It, but still, we appreciate everyone who is out there reading and listening to this show, and it, it's it's been a pleasure to find the stories among Southern Middle Tennessee sports to tell them. 
and to continue telling them, as we will do. And we... It, it, it really feels good to feel like you are addressing a need. Whether and or not we are or not yeah, well, is, is there you go. up to you. Yeah. Um, you are. We, we think the need is there, and we appreciate you guys because you give us the motivation to get up every morning. Because otherwise we would not and, and, be And here. that motivation is much needed, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> For all of us. Yeah. Oh, man. So we do have uh, we do have some college football this week. That is, and, and there's some college football that we don't have this week. That's exactly. Um, Tennessee Vanderbilt has now been, has apparently been postponed. I don't even know. When you would postpone to when you would postpone it unless it was the day of the SEC title game. I think it's postponed because it's not canceled. But um, other than that, I, I I think it would be best to say it's on hold. Really, because again, Tennessee's still going to play. What Texas A and M? Well, Florida and Texas A and M. Florida next week, and then Texas A and M, which is which A and M is play. a makeup. Or a rescheduled game. Hey, just real quick, I, I just saw this from Adam Sparks. Um, apparently, C.J. Taylor from Warren County has committed to Vanderbilt. Hey, hey, that was actually announced yesterday. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I, I just didn't think to. <laughs> Thought that was interesting. It. it is interesting. I think, um, you know, that's a kid who had a lot of. He's he's kind of a multi-positional type player. He's played quarterback, he's played running back, he's played wide receiver, he's played corner and safety at Warren County. He was a Mr. F- well, he is a Mr. Football finalist. And we're not going to hmm. get into that. Hmm. Hmm. But um he is a class 6A Mr. Football finalist. I'm not sure where he projects position-wise, I guess it but but multi-talented gives Vanderbilt a lot to work with from that perspective, I think. So uh, I I don't think that he's going to be a quarterback at that level, but um he's you know, he's got a lot of a lot of options and options are good. He he does. Uh speaking directly to the quarterback, I've just been personally impressed with Ken Seals at Vanderbilt speaking on and having somebody like CJ Taylor who could be a running back, a slot receiver, can be in the game, and all of a sudden, he gets a sweep, and you got another guy that can throw, and, and it just it, the options with an athlete like Assuming that. Assuming he are stays huge. on offense, That's true. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not sure where he projects, but he certainly got some abilities that are going to translate well at that level, whether it's offense or defense, whether it's receiver or D back, you know, wherever he winds up, and you know, it's great to see somebody like that coming out of Warren County, coming out of a program that has not had a whole lot of success in recent years. Congratulations to him and Vanderbilt. Right. Um, so this Tennessee-Vanderbilt game has been postponed, quote, for the purpose of facilitating the rescheduling of the Vanderbilt at Missouri game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. yeah. We we're gonna we're gonna postpone UT Vanderbilt, a rivalry game, 
to make sure that we get Vanderbilt, Missouri played. Well, I, it's it's not just to make sure that game is played. It's so that both teams will have played ten games. So Vanderbilt, if the game was scheduled this way, if it stayed this way, Vanderbilt and Tennessee, or I'm sorry, Vanderbilt and Missouri would not play, leaving Vanderbilt and Missouri both a game short. Right now they're scheduled for the twelfth. Vandy uh, and Missouri were right, but Arkansas, Missouri has been rescheduled or has been postponed of some sort. So Missouri was can't Missouri was this week. Right. Yeah. So they because Missouri Arkansas. can't play next week according to the way this is all. Okay, and and st- and there there it is. What's not being said is Tennessee's not available this week. Correct. That Yeah, read between the lines. They they've got Yeah, they're not playing. And why they're not saying that? I I, I don't know either. I mean, that's clear. Why would you switch Vanderbilt's opponent if Vanderbilt's original opponent was available just to make sure Missouri gets to 10 games? Because they want everybody to get to 10 games. Tennessee's not available this weekend. Uh, why, why? Okay, if that's the case, why not say it? They've said it for uh, everybody else. That's a fantastic I, question. That's, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so this is what I, that it's a great question because there's not an answer to it because they've already when somebody's not available they've said they're not available. If they're saying this is for the purpose of making sure everybody gets in ten games, I think that makes perfectly good sense. You guys are skeptical. It's, awfully, it's all yeah, I am. I it's am. awfully convenient. Convenient it, for what? For it's Tennessee, not like it's I mean, not like any of these teams for Tennessee. I no, just none of these teams matter. No, and, you're right. You're right. So why true. does it matter? I don't Texas know. Texas A&M matters. Just the logistics of it. I mean. Does Missouri, the, Arkansas ha, matter? Has has there been any? No. Has, exactly. So why why are they? Has there been any other situation this season mirroring this? Zero. None. Exactly. So why would they start now? I, because Tennessee is not available. But why would they just not say that? I don't know because they are available and this is just a scheduling reschedule this is just to fix the schedule not buying it well you can not buy it all you want i'm telling you greg sankey doesn't lie ever do, do i do, <laughs> yeah. oh you still believe hey. in the tooth fairy too don't you <laughs> I got five bucks last week. Oh, man. Do do I have to be the Vandy fan that says this? Tennessee scared of Vanderbilt? Is that what it – No. No. Tennessee wants to play Vanderbilt this week. Right. (laughs) They are begging to play. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I I can't (laughs) – there's no reason. So what you're saying, JP, is that Jeremy Pruitt called Greg Sankey no. and said, "Bruh, do me a solid right here." We may not have enough. Why don't you? Yeah, Missouri needs another game. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's Tennessee isn't really sure the number, so they said, "Let's go ahead and flip this schedule while and do we can." It now, while we can. On Tuesday or Monday, that makes Goes a lot back more to the sense. Question, why wouldn't that have been said? Well, what, what is Tennessee? What? Okay, so now I, I'm I'm asking going against my own belief. What would what does Tennessee have to hide by 
not By exposing not saying... that they have COVID issues. When you look, their athletic director has COVID. Their head men's basketball coach has COVID. They have canceled other sporting events within the program. Right. And have announced all of this. Exactly. So what... Well, I, I, will, I, I will say this. In the... In the SB Nation RockyTopTalk.com says, as we continue to adapt to current realities, it is important to remain flexible as we move forward in the final weeks of the season, said SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Who never lies. Quote, contact tracing continues to be the biggest contributing factor to game interruptions. So maybe they're not maybe they're saying they don't have COVID because they don't have COVID. But they've got enough but contact, they've got tracing contact tracing that could so they're not saying the football team has COVID when they may not have COVID. That's a possibility. And that's kind of somewhere in the Tennessee middle. I didn't say Tennessee had COVID. I said Tennessee's not available. Right. And I think that's why they're not saying it, though. That's the answer to the question. And that's a good answer. But ultimately, as Mo put it, Tennessee is not available. I, I think that may be right. <laughs> I'm just saying... You came full circle, Mo. You got to get there. Well done. You just got to get there. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> My point being, there was no reason. There's no reason not to say we aren't available. We may have issues. Yeah. But if if, if that's what they said is like, hey, we're not real sure where the contact tracing numbers are going to end up. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and flip the schedule. So I get. Why not say that? What's the point of hiding potential? <laughs> the I tell you why. Well, he didn't hide but, it very well because he said it right yeah. here. Contact tracing continues to be. He said that, but in but, general, because yeah. UT doesn't want to say or do anything that makes it look like they're ducking getting out of Vanderbilt. ducking Vanderbilt. Exactly. A la Clemson, Florida State. Exactly. So, no, that Clemson, Florida State situation is hilarious. But yeah. like Clemson, Clemson takes a COVID positive person and they get off the plane with them and they're like, "Oh, Florida State's scared to play us." Well, yeah, because <laughs> not only do you have a COVID yeah. positive person, but your quarterback has been traveling with the team the entire time with his mask off on the sideline. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but Florida State's but Florida State's the ones. Yeah, uh, the problem. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's it, that's that's Dabo at his finest. <laughs> the bag man, Dabo <laughs> Sweeney. Oh, man. So if you join us typically on Tuesday, you know that in the 9 o'clock hour, we talk to the Williamson Herald folks, and today we swapped them in lieu of Mike Keith in the 9 o'clock hour because anytime you can get Mike Keith on, you, you do that, if at all possible. So hopefully the folks at the Williamson Herald are not offended and will actually take our phone call. <laughs> Here during this yeah, you might week. want to say that afterwards next time. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Pulliam is slated to join us in the next segment. <laughs> He's slated to join us in the next segment, and we will talk about that Nolansville game. We'll talk about Summit. Um, talk about some hoops, talk maybe. Talk about some. Brentwood's road Br- trip to Bartlett. And Brentwood's wrestling tonight against Centennial. Say what? Yeah. From what I, that's what I understand. There's a potential wrestling match now, a scheduled wrestling match. I don't know that it's, uh, I don't know that it's getting played well, or getting, getting, whatever that's, what is it called? Wrestled. Wrestled. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're actually going to wrestle, but it is scheduled. So we'll see what happens. We might want to ask him about that. We'll talk more about that terminology when we come back from this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 
Every play. Wow! And he spins off a tackle. Every hit. Boom! <laughs> and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. Every touchdown. And he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow! Touchdown, Destin Wade. The playoffs are on TriStar Sports Radio. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao here with you, along with Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant on the controls. 28 minutes past the hour as we approach the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. We have several Williamson County football teams playing this week. And we expected two. Ended up with three pretty impressive considering and to be honest I'm I'm really here's the thing we have as many nope not as many just kidding I was gonna say as many Williamson County teams as possible playing in the semifinals but that's not true because Fairview is possible but did not make it that's true um three out of four though Ain't bad. Yeah, ain't bad. As Meatloaf would say, or something <laughs> to that effect. I'm sure Chris Hughes, your favorite wedding officiant, appreciates you bringing up. <laughs> so sad that situation as well. Yeah, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's just overjoyed by it. Oh, side note, I did see longtime AD Ricky Jones at last week's um, Fairview Santa Fe season opener, and that was on the 17th. And I asked him, I said, so so how's Chris doing? I said, I don't know. I've not seen him since that loss. And that was like two weeks solid. I said, I know, I know he's been around somewhere, but I hadn't seen him. I said, are you sure? Are you Dang. sure he's not like in some cave somewhere in, in seclusion? But no, I know. I know Chris takes losses hard, and that was a tough one for him. But uh, again, he's done a fantastic job out at Fairview. Yes. And they'll be back. Yep. So three out of four will be playing, mm-hmm. and to talk about that, we bring in our friend Charles Pulliam, who was with us on Friday night down at uh, up at or d- up at Beach with the Summit Spartans. And Charles, I want to tell you, my wife said she um, she hates you because your pictures are so much better than hers. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it, it's just. It comes with some practice, I think. <laughs> well, I I guess, uh, you know, we're only in year two of her, even actually a year and a half in of her even taking sports pictures. So I, 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 will, I will pass along the uh, the encouragement. 
Oh my God. To just yeah. keep going. Oh, <laughs> well, I could send her a, we could call it a photo gallery, but I'll send her some for my first year and then we could, we could talk a little more. <laughs> <even right there. laughs> I just want to know how Charles managed to avoid the wrath of the side judge. The he, he was on the other end, I guess, weren't you? No, he was on the end. He was in the end zone. Weren't you were in the end zone when he came over when there he went off on his rant? Yeah, yeah. And oh. here I was, I was having fun with it too. I had the standard, you know, official thing coming over and being like, "Oh, be sure to use the good side of the back of my head" and that kind of thing. So uh, I was doing fine with the line judges. They just looked at you guys as kind of the troublemakers, I guess. <laughs> that's, what, that's exactly what we are too. I, I'm surprised you didn't take a picture of that, or did you? I didn't, but uh, it was just one of those things I saw out of the corner of my eye. And then on the other sideline, you see the state troopers getting pulled together. Yeah, you guys made it seem like it was really serious. <laughs> yeah, one one of those guys with the Canadian Mounties hat wound up over there on the sideline in pretty close proximity. So I think well, that was you- actually a Sumner County Sheriff, though. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Hey. hey, hey! You guys uh, mentioned Chris Hughes prior. You know, um, I know what he's been doing. <laughs> uh, the Mean Machine's been wrecking up, huh? Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, they uh, they picked up the Tennessee Five Man Non Contact Twenty Twenty. They did. Uh, let's see. They won a, a tournament. Um, yeah, they they're fighting ways, and you know, Chris Hughes slinging the ball. Hey. That guy, you know, that whole team, they were all at the wedding, by the way, because the groom was part of Mean Machine or is part of Mean Machine. Uh, Mean Machine, by the way, for those who don't know, is a flag football team in the All-American Flag Football League. And it's a pretty big deal. Like, I mean, they've, they've played, they played during the Pro Bowl, right? Pretty high level. Yeah, they've played yeah. on the NFL Network and that kind of thing. It's um, it's really pretty impressive. Um yeah, it, it really is. And it's uh, Coach Hughes is the QB for them. They're loaded up with some very talented wideouts. Um, but, yeah, we've watched in the last four or five years now reach that elite level of flag football. And there is a very elite level of flag football. Apparently. And and he and Chris Hughes, of all people, is right in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, exactly. Go figure. Yeah. Speaking of elite levels of football, um, as Chris mentioned, you'll be quite busy on Friday night as Brentwood, Summit, and Nolansville will play in the Class 6A, Class 5A, and Class 4A state semifinals, respectively. Um, oh, yeah. What a what a treat here for, for Williamson County. Like you said, having three or four possibles here, really. Um, just just really neat uh it's been talking to coach paul derrick at nolensville um coach coleman coach crawford just a lot going on here a lot of uh that thankfulness for being practicing during thanksgiving week not many teams get to do this and uh uh everybody doing morning stuff getting in some walk through sunday you name it um should be a really interesting friday i know you guys got the big trip to paris lined up I'm lined up to go to Memphis to check out that Brentwood and uh, Bartlett matchup in the semis. Um, and uh, I think our friend Joe Williams will 
stay around here and get to handle Nolansville. <laughs> should be a good one. Well, those should be three good ones, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So, Williamson, I assume that Williamson County Schools are out all week this week. Yeah, yeah, that's what. So, uh, guys are doing, I think a lot of them are actually practicing right now. Um, I know uh, Nolansville had an 8 to 11 set up today. Um, Coach Derek, you know, coming off that win over Tullahoma, we were watching the scores on Friday night and just kind of thinking, like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and, you know, the task, the challenge is only getting higher for the Nolansville Knights, but they are playing some sound football and just not intimidated at all. They beat an unbeaten opponent who, you know, clipped them for the Region 4-4A title, and now they have to face Elizabethton. And, you know, this is the defending champs riding a win streak that you just don't see in football that often. And uh, they have football finalists, not just one, two. <laughs> so for Nolansville. Is that Derek, good? Sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Coach Derek's like, you know, we can't. We can't really break it down. We just have to do what we got to do. If we talk about our opponents too much, we'll just sit there and ah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it should be the cool thing for the Knights is they get to stay on. We right. have a 13-0 team coming over to Nolansville for a state semifinal. And uh, the defending champs in town coming off a 24-21 over Greenville. Uh, so, Which man, was not expected, this, by the way. The Elizabethan yeah, yeah. win over Greenville was supposed to be Big, much bigger, but uh, oh yeah, exactly. And this, you know, this, this Elizabeth team, uh, they score fifty points, I think, six or seven times this season. I mean, you you run through their their score list, and it's almost like watching some basketball or something like that. Yeah, fifty six, thirty four, seventy, thirty eight, just like that. And you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> that's that's pretty so, nuts. Uh, yeah, um, you know, Nolansville haven't made that trip to Elizabethton last year. Yeah, I would think that they've got to take some comfort in the fact that Elizabethton is the one getting on that bus this time and and making that drive. And and the the only bad thing about this, Nolansville is hosting the biggest game in the history of that program in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah. I mean, clearly they're going to have they're going to be at limited capacity in terms of fans and that kind of thing. And however many people are there. They could have probably yeah. held three or four times that, but because um, oh, that community really been, gets behind that program, it would have been one of those standing room only crowding on the the track around the field kind of games for sure. Um, and hopefully, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, they're they're just happy to be in the spot they are. Very thankful for for practicing and still playing and being healthy at that point. And uh, man, big challenge ahead though. This this team coming in, they're uh, they're the real deal. That's for sure. Um, big challenges, getting on buses. The Spartans have to go up to Paris, and and as I've said, you can't go from. Spring Hill to Paris, you got to go somewhere else to start. Uh, I'm sure you've been in touch with Coach Coleman over the last few days. What's the um, mm-hmm. what's the mood out there? Well, interesting on that side too, where it's kind of similar in the sense where Coach Coleman and them aren't necessarily too focused on what it's what it means to be playing in, in Paris against this Henry County team. I mean, this is a team that you just see all the time in these quarters, semis and championships, they're just, 
one of those one of those schools and they have one of those places that is well it's uh, it's an intimidating spot to play football when you play the patriots at home and uh, coach coleman had mentioned you know we're not really talking about that we don't need anybody to be uh you know shocked for the stage or worried about that he went back to last year and apparently prior to that championship game he had told the kids kind of like you know don't be worried about the stage. Don't be, you know, intimidated by where we are. Kind of those things. So he start, He kind of. He said he planted some of those, those feelings of like almost mm-hmm. intimidation in a fact for some of the kids for first time, you know, state stage kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do that this year at Henry County. So it's like, hey, we're just going to go in there. It's just another road trip. Not a big deal. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. It's like, oh, okay, all right, I'll take that. But uh, yeah, quite the quite the haul coming up for Summit, and uh, I think this is the first ever meeting between the two teams as well. Uh, but gosh, uh, what we got to see from Destin Wade and the boys last year uh, last week was just some kind of special, especially that final drive. Um, you know, and this is uh, that was a game where we saw Wade make a couple mistakes as well, but boy did he ever uh cancel those out <laughs> it's really developing into a pretty good quarterback isn't he yeah well and that's you know that's his third game last week with uh, more than 200 yards passing and you know there's just times where he doesn't need to pass but man he definitely can when he wants to he goes 13 to 16 a little 200 yards gets four touchdowns i mean that's that's just the kind of game you you need and uh man he looked flawless on that final drive and the game-winning touchdown there. Caleb Jolly, of course, coming through with uh, a great grab and just, man, he looks stellar at uh, the wideout spot there coming in all over the place. Flawless and unflappable. I mean, for a guy who had fumbled a shotgun snap on fourth and goal down inside the five and, and then a guy who had lost a fumble on the next drive. I mean, he really seemed to put all that out of out of his mind and had that ability to focus on the next play, which obviously is what you want to see. But, you know, in theory, that's a lot easier than in practice. And, and clearly yeah. he was able to do that. Well, and you just don't see that happen very often at the high school level where, you know, you could have such a short-term memory after some pretty crucial ones there. Well, that, that second one um, – you know, I really thought that was kind of like the, oh, wow. Um, you know, how do you recover from that? Because that was, that's one, that could be a devastating play right there. And Especially it, when Brian Coleman has talked all week about, you know, Beach is the team that waits on you to make the mistake and then capitalizes yeah. on it. You know, they didn't score on that fourth and goal. Beach goes back the other way, 97 yards right there before mm-hmm. halftime. And so you expect that second one, you, you're almost thinking, okay, that that's it right there yeah yeah that was one of my circled notes in my notebook of like okay pivotal point here Mm -hmm. and i always make a note like okay i have to ask about this exact play or this sequence because you know it's going to affect the game and you know it did but not to the extent it should have necessarily Mm -hmm. i mean and then for way just to to throw it out throw it out as if it didn't happen and uh that's what he told me too pretty special he told me the exact same he's like you know just short memory coaches told me just to keep you know go to the next play can't can't change it now so yeah there's that 
Um, speaking with Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald, want to talk about the game you are going to be at over at Bartlett. Brentwood travels over there. Bartlett hasn't played a whole lot of football games this year. They've had they had four open weeks and they got a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played a whole lot of football, but I guess neither has Summit. So uh, it, it it's certainly you know not out of the realm of possibility that this Bartlett team could be a little bit um, rested and ready to play as they've won a couple of uh, they beat two of their region teams to get to this point. Would, of yeah. the season. I would imagine there's a little bit of the unknown as you're getting ready for this Bartlett team because they have played so little. They did play CPA to open the year in the third week. Got beat yeah, 42-16. Still, you know, going back to that September game, I was trying to draw a little bit from that because I've seen CPA play and, you know, thinking thinking on that. But that was, you know, the beginning of September. Um trying to trying to piece together as much information about this team as possible and it you know they they just have i mean they have a bunch of weapons out there but it starts with you know their running back that's getting you know 165 yards a game or so um he's going to touch the ball 25 or 30 times so for brentwood to to counter they're going to have to find a way to to slow a really stout running game where you know we're talking just a handful of games out there this kid's got more than 1300 yards on the ground already um, but this is a Brentwood team that's surging late and riding a incredibly emotional wave. Um, Coach Crawford um, and, of course, his dad, Tom Crawford, just uh, the, the way they've uh, been able to guide this team and be a stable part for this team, despite losing uh, Coach Crawford's mom and, and Tom's wife of more than 60 years, Pat, to uh, COVID-19 and pneumonia just here recently. I mean, it's this team's really come together and uh, to be able to win that shootout last week against Franklin and the oldest rivalry in Williamson County. Um, pretty special to see those kids be able to advance and see how they've come together as a team and really gel there. That's a family, family thing. It's a cliche to thing, but uh, that football team has really shown uh, a family togetherness and uh, to go on the road. I think it's, it's another football game, but they're, they're playing for more than just football. It seems like right now. No doubt at all. Going to be a big night for high school football as uh, we come back from Thanksgiving and all of the delicious sides <laughs> that we will have. And on the other side of this break, Charles, we are going to do a top five of our top five favorite Thanksgiving sides. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Oh, favorite side? Oh, my gosh. Um, I always like the additional – I always find a way. The additional side of stuffing. Come on now. You the get the bird, stuffing in the bird, but I need the extra stuffing on the side. So the, Never mind. <laughs> where, where are you from, Charles? Charles is from Alaska. You didn't know that? Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes well, a whole lot of sense because yeah, we don't have stuffing here. Stuffing, yeah. We do dressing. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah. called, If it's outside the bird, it's called dressing. Well, there you go. Uh, if you <laughs> want to talk... You want to talk extra stuff. My other favorite side is a fillet of salmon, so that's different, probably. For hey, you I like that. That's, <laughs> that's that I could I could get behind for more meats are never a bad yes. thing. A there side, go, I, right? I like turkey with a side of ham. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles Pulliam, the Williamson Herald joins us each and or he joins us every other week, every other Tuesday. And uh, Joe Williams, but the Williamson Herald joins us every week. We appreciate you hanging out with us. 
thanks so much, man. Yeah. Well, enjoy that trip. I'll be following, of course. And uh, gosh, we we could hang on the sidelines more. <laughs> I'm sure we will get to next week, hopefully. Uh, I'm sure hopefully, we will ho- like that. <laughs> I, I'm sure we will get to hang out there. Hopefully, it will be with two teams playing. There we go. Or, or maybe three. Go. Oh, hey, Charles, real quick. Do you know yeah. anything about Brentwood and Centennial wrestling tonight? Um, so, so Brentwood and Centennial are both opening the season. Brentwood's at Clarksville. Let's see. I was just looking at those. Uh, um, it kind of surprised me because it was like, oh, shoot, that's right. They've right? got some duels going. <laughs> um, here, I just sent those out, actually. Okay. Well, we'll check you out on, on Twitter then. Yeah, yeah. At, I SP, think, uh, at CS Pulliam. So they're both going to Clarksville. I think it's a try. Um, Brentwood, Clarksville, and Centennial, potentially. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds yeah. good. There you All go. All right. They snuck one in on me. They snuck it in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Appreciate All right, you, guys. man. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. All right. That's Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald. When we come back, it is Top 5 Tuesday, and we're going to be Top 5 Thanksgiving Sides. What are your favorites? Hit us on Twitter. Shoot us a text, 9313811017. Any of those things. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ten minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. It's a beautiful day here in Columbia, and we've got our top five coming up. Top five Tuesday. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Here we go. Let's... Let's go ahead and just jump into this thing because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Thursday is Thanksgiving. Hey. And I'm pumped. Pumped. <laughs> you know what I'm most pumped for? Sleeping in. Sleeping in. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's always fun. Now, guys, before you get to your top five, real quick, I'm being an old Vanderbilt man, I am uh, – news that uh, it appears Tennessee is running and hiding uh, this and guy. failing to take the field. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. I don't know if you were listening earlier, I, but I said, we were having this conversation. I said, do I have to be that Vandy fan that says Tennessee's scared? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> That's right. Tennessee's scared. They, they may be. They probably should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's All a walk-off right. by Delk, by the way. Uh, hey, go. drop walk the off. mic. Mic yep. drop. <laughs> mic drop. Vanderbilt is scared, or Tennessee is scared of Vandy. Uh-huh. All right, guys, top five sides. We're going to start with Mo on this one because I got a feeling his is going to be the best. So uh, we're going to see what happens. We got number five. Well, these are all based on sides that take place at the Patton household. Yeah, of course, yeah. These, these are your Typically favorites. cooked by my mom. Uh, there you so, go. That's right. So there and you go. And those are the best. Without question. Number five is green beans. Just straight up green beans. Either green beans or the green bean casserole with the um, French's French onions. Onion. Yeah. yeah, either. Either one. JP, what you got on number five? Number five, green bean casserole. Uh, my family grew up every dish almost as a casserole. I went, when I started making my own dishes. That's correct. I, uh, I wanted to kind of break away from that. I wanted to have mashed potatoes. I wanted to have green beans. I wanted to have a couple of the things that weren't casseroles. But I've come back to it. There you go. I've and come there back you to go. It. The best way to eat something is all in one pot. Correct. Just saying. Baked with some creamy or cheese mm-hmm. or something in it. My number five is, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to believe this. Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. That is wild. Hey, eat your, get the veggies out of the way so you can get to the good stuff. I hear so, you. you know. All right, number four, Mo. Number four. We don't always have them on Thanksgiving, but when we do, I love them. Deviled eggs. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I didn't even think about Ooh. that, but you're right. Ooh. Deviled eggs is a really good one. Good call. Uh, my number four is sweet potato casserole. Four? Yeah. Well, wait till you hear you. Um, but with the pecans. Okay. Okay, but here, here's here's the question, and I might be tipping my hand here. <laughs> marshmallows or no? I can handle marshmallows. I but can't. I, I could take it or leave it, but definitely have to have the pecans on it. Okay. I would prefer the ones just pecans over just the marshmallows. Okay. Oh I've had yeah. some that are both. But so we have ours split in the middle. Because I'm, I don't eat pecans, so my grandmother puts the marshmallows yeah. on one side, pecans on the other. You can eat Ultimately, either one. It's up the, to you. the top of pecans mixed in with brown sugar, and it yeah. gets a nice crust. Yeah. That's all we have. And, and that's, I got Mo's attention on yeah. that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> my number four is just straight macaroni and cheese. Really good macaroni and cheese is hard to beat, especially homemade. It's not like it's craft or nothing. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, give oh, me yeah. some. It's got to be homemade. And yeah. it's, it's, it's got it's that, take a while. that really good, you know, block cheese to shred, shred it in there. Yep. Yeah, it's good oh, yeah. stuff. Got to make the, the white sauce, the bechamel. Number three. Number three, dressing. No onions, no celery. Get it out of here. Cornbread uh, base? Oh, yes. Okay. Is there any other kind? Is there? No, what? What are you? What do you put in the dressing then? What is dressing is, if there's no onions or celery? You guys had oyster it's, dressing. I've had it. Didn't really. No, it still it. could have the cornbread with yeah. it. It's just cornbread. <laughs> okay. So your number three is cornbread. All right. Just then. crumbled it, up. Whatever. <laughs> crumbled up cornbread. That's okay. I'm just asking. Come, come I'll bring you some. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number three, mac and cheese. Yeah. Classic mac and cheese baked. Yes. My number three is dressing, but with everything in it. <laughs> I'm not a big veggie guy, as you we, may have figured yes, out. Yes. We, we, when, when we get pizza or whatever, Mo's like, all the meat, none of the vegetables. Yeah. I don't want any. If you put anything green on it, I'm out. There we go. <laughs> Ask anybody that knows me. Hey, nope. um, number two, baked mac and cheese. And... My grandmother used to do a little deal where she would like crumble 
crackers over the top mm. of it, Ooh. and she just got it just that right level of brown without overly toasting yeah. it. And, and it gave it that crunch mm-hmm. on top. Yep, there you uh, go. I've been trying to perfect it ever since, well, for a long time. It soaks up that gooiness. Yeah. Yeah, it helps balance that out. Mm-hmm. It's all about the balance. A little salt. But that too, yeah. Number two? Number two, hash brown casserole. You guys ever had this? Yes, but not on Thanksgiving. Oh, no, man. Not for Thanksgiving this, dinner. Now, we, we usually have hash brown casserole for Christmas breakfast. We do that as Country well. Country ham, homemade yeah. biscuits, eggs. And hash brown casserole. That yeah. that's in our family, in our immediate family, that's our number one potato dish. When we have a big steak dinner, hash brown casserole. Thanksgiving, wow. hash brown casserole. Interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. I've never done that, but I'm not opposed to. I'm it. not hating it. Yeah. No. I'm gonna go a little bit. Um, I'm gonna be really selfish here because my set, my number two is my own. Corn casserole, kind of like a corn pudding, but it's corn casserole, and it's it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> we may just have to ask Sarah about that. Uh, she she asked me to make it the other day because she was like, I just want some of your corn casserole. Oh wow! Well, she was like, go. and then I said, okay. Why don't we just do a friendsgiving or something? You, Are you know? sure and, she wasn't just trying to get out of cooking? No, she was. She really wanted the corn casserole. Oh, okay. Of course, she's also pregnant, so who knows? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My number one. Number one. Here we go. It's sweet potato casserole with the brown sugar sauce over the top. There you go. Yeah. There you go. With or without pecans, but no marshmallows. Gotcha. (laughs) All right. My number one. Thanksgiving ravioli. I don't even know. I told you I'm married to, um, to an Italian. Oh, wow. And so. What does that mean? All right. The Italian or the Thanksgiving ravioli? ravioli. The ravioli. The Italian's a whole nother conversation. Um, all right, so I've got, um, this is what you do. You get some ground up uh, turkey, a little parsley, a little cranberry sauce mixed in there, roll it up in little balls, and the, um, like the little wonton wrappers. Yep. Take two of those, and then you uh, put them in some boiling water, and you make this uh, gravy as well. Thanksgiving ravioli. That sounds delicious. My number one is sweet potato casserole, but with marshmallows. And no pecans. No pecans. I do like the brown. I will, I will kind of like scrape the pecans off to get to that brown sugar sauce, though, because it is really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. The, the top five Thanksgiving sides here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Make sure to vote in our poll, which we will have on SM underscore TN Sports So what are we Twitter. putting on the poll? We're putting sweet potato casserole. With pecans. Sweet potato casserole with, with marshmallows, and then Thanksgiving ravioli. Thanksgiving ravioli, which nobody else no, is going again, to vote nobody's for. Nobody's going to vote for because nobody it. knows what it is. But I'll tell you this: if there, if there's any chance we can get some at any point, mm, they need hello, to be in the studio. Yeah. So, all right, <laughs> folks, we will be back uh, tomorrow morning. Big show tomorrow, nine o'clock. Of course, right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. Make sure to join us. If not, follow us on the podcast. We have plenty of high school football, college football, and what and more to talk about. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.